Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Amy. And this is Small Town Not Small Minds. Hey, Alex, what's up? Well, Amy, I don't know about you, but I love seeing former students. It's one of my favorite things. I run the other way. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, I love <laughs> oh seeing my God, them. <laughs> Amy. Um, but I had a student last year that we had just like a lot of uh, similarities in what we love to learn about. And he loved geography and maps and flags, which is like my kryptonite, um, <laughs> making myself sound really cool. But I really enjoyed learning all of this stuff with him last year and I kind of missed that. And so I had an old atlas that I gave him the other day just and I wrote a little note like I miss learning about flags with you and put it in his locker. And then today I came in from recess and on my desk is just a cute little note um, in terrible grade one spelling. Um, (laughs) Well, grade two spelling, I guess. It says, I miss learning with you too. And he also gave me a little, like a ring. It's so cute. (laughs) It's so sweet. And so I went to go thank him for it. And he's just so adorable. Like he's the biggest dimples on the planet. And he was just so excited to see that I was wearing the ring. And I was like, this is so cute. It made my whole day. Okay. That story made my day too. Because the picture you sent of that beautiful gift, like shout out to that kid. Because it was also World Teacher's Day. And yes. uh, he really knew how to hone in and hit on the heartstrings. Sure did. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Amy? What's up? I guess I'll talk about what I'm really enjoying watching right now, which actually I have to credit you, Alex, because you got me hooked on this show, Modern Love on Prime. It's so sweet because it just captures all these modern love stories. And it's not just like romantic love. It can be about family. It can be anything that you are emotionally connected in some way. And they're just such beautiful stories. And I'm a sucker for love. What can I say? It's true. (laughs) And I do like that, that it's not all just like a romance story, right? It might be like self-love or Mm -hmm. um, like finding your way after being married for 40 years and like rekindling your love or yeah friendship like it and it's all they're all people that write in from their own real life and they're all very touching like one of my favorite ones and still the love that this young single woman had with her doorman that's my favorite one hands down I think about it all the time and yeah honestly it makes me tear up when I think about it yeah and some some of them are like sad too, like you le- are left and you're sad. You're heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your modern love story, Amy? I knew you were going to ask me this. I would say I think the story that many people could probably relate relate to, or maybe that would make a good episode, would probably be my first love, and how that love was so true and so rich and so deep. And then it also had these endpoints where I was hoping and expecting to go to this place, but then realizing that that person was actually holding me back from the things that I wanted to do in my life. So kind of releasing myself captive from a life I didn't want, kind of setting myself free. So I think more that of would... like a self-love storyline. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think I've still been like 
enjoying that part of like that freeing almost like free bird sensation for myself um, soaring and doing all the things that I've dreamt to do for myself. And now I think my heart is open and totally ready for love. That would make my modern love story. What about you? Do you want to share? Yeah, I I totally can. I think that my modern love story would be more of a tragedy. (laughs) Um, I think my first like experience with having like reciprocating feelings with a woman was honestly a really interesting time of self growth, but also uh, self doubt. I think if I really went into it, I didn't I I was really isolated at the time because I, I wasn't telling people because I didn't know what my feelings were. I know this other person was very private and didn't want anything like public. So I went through like a relationship in secret and then a breakup in secret where none of my friends knew or family or anyone. And that was very hard for me. And then it was very hard for me to let go of that too. So that whole story, I think, I think the end would be satisfying in that. Like I really found myself afterwards, but it, it was really like a painful Uh, isolating experience for a lot of the time too and I think that would be my modern love story well that's like I think too like the relation of people suffering in silence like Mm -hmm. they're yeah that part is really tough and like people could definitely relate to that for sure we'll catch our episodes in season three yeah I can't yeah yeah yeah. oh my gosh yeah we should totally write in yeah I might I actually think that would make a really Yours actually more so than mine. Or a good book. Yes. <laughs> Coming to you soon, maybe. Oh, God. Somebody get me back on my writing schedule. <laughs> well, I guess that's, that's what's, what's up. up. <laughs> Nailed the timing. <laughs> I am so excited to welcome our guest, Trina, who is a longtime friend and travel partner of mine. Trina and I graduated from Pinoca Composite High School, Go Bronx, where she was our valid Victorian because she's such a smarty pants. She's been working abroad since 2013, so you're a huge inspiration to me, Trina. And first, your first international stint was in Minnesota, then to Chicago, and now you're located in Montana. Within this time, Trina's climbed the ladder as a pipeline engineer, upon which she expanded her training further into business management and operations. We're so excited to have you, Trina. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I should also probably tell everyone, I call you tea baby all the time. <laughs> like in text I'm... messages and everything. In front of your family, I think I called you tea baby and they were oh, all like, yeah. what? They were like, what? is this because you're <laughs> the only one who does but it's it's in, it's familiar and endearing so I love uh, it keep going keep doing it. <laughs> well we usually ask all our guests when we start off an interview what is the most small town thing about you it's definitely one of those fun questions since I've moved to Montana the small townness has really like come on full force Uh, And I think one of the biggest thing I'm noticing is as I'm cruising down the gravel roads, if I meet any vehicle, regardless of whether I know them or not, there's always that cool wave. And so basically just waving at everybody on the gravel roads 
like you're, you're all friends um, i love that one because when i drive in the city people always make fun of me for waving at people and they're like why are you waving at people stop doing that or like i thank them when they let me in i'm like thank <laughs> you and then they're like don't do people don't do that here in the city i'm like what about you alex what's the most small town thing about you I'm not a car person. I never have been, never will be. I barely know what color of vehicle people drive. I'm noticing there's so many students moved in on the block around me that they all can identify me by my vehicle. So they're wait like they're waving to me as I'm like coming down the street because they just know it's me. And then it's more like we're all just like excitedly waving. <laughs> I, I think it, the excitement of seeing your teacher outside of school is just so exciting in general. They're like, you don't sleep under your desk? And you're like, no, just during report card season. But <laughs> What about you, Amy? Yes, my most small town thing. Actually, this was kind of cute. I was walking to work actually this morning and I was walking with a local lady who like fosters dogs. She said to me, hey, just so you know, you know that moose that lives in front of your house in that area? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. And she's like, yeah, because he lives down the street now. He moved to this area. So, like, the a fact that we can identify, like, our neighborhood moose, I think is pretty small town. So Also that small. you know that he moved. Yeah. And I was also like, thank you for the alert because I also walked down that street. So I was like, good to know. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Trina, we're pumped to have you here. You have always been such a brilliant bombshell of a a female leading the way I mean we know that you're so intelligent and the work you went into but one of the things that kind of stands out to me and Alex we've even had this chat is kind of a woman working in a man's world very much so Um, Um, how many like how many women do you work with in your immediate like every day zero Uh, And I'm in an area of the company. So field operations, it's, you know, your blue collar trades people, uh, which generally are tradesmen. And it's a pocket of the the company and even the industry. Once you get into the field, extremely, extremely male dominated. I think I did like a calculation on leadership in this particular facet of the company. And we were down at like, 3%. Like, I think we had two women leaders out of 60, maybe. So uh, no, I don't. Every once in a while, I'll catch one on the phone. But like, especially (laughs) in the the wild. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, especially during the pandemic, like I would go months without seeing a female. And like, obviously, as a female in a authoritative role in your company, that can present like some challenges, I'm sure in maybe like setting that that tone with your male coworkers, or has it been for you it's the basically needing to prove myself with whomever I meet there's just that ongoing I guess assumption that other males know or are more confident in what they're doing more capable in what they're doing And with that, it's just, it gets a little bit old too, where even with this role, I walked into the position, I had eight, nine years of experience and knew what I was doing, but it was that initial two to three months where it was just order, like it got really frustrating because I would say something and it would be like, well, let me go and check with this guy. And it's like, no, I'm right. Yes. I'm not going to tell I'm not going to tell you something unless I'm sure. 
and Mm -hmm. I am sure so there there really just is that ongoing need to reassert my capabilities and establish a reputation once it's established it's it's fine in the absence I guess of seeing other women who've demonstrated competency that's why I'm here to show them who's boss I guess (laughs) (laughs) but also like empower other females that's what I was gonna say too like do you feel I I mean the chip on your shoulder and the constantly fighting would get very tiresome but do you also feel sort of like you're trailblazing and like setting this like really good rule for young women like do you think about that and reflect that I I have a bit uh, and that's really one of those things, especially when I have encountered something that's horribly frustrating, where it's like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm experiencing this, so that it's just a little bit easier for the next person. I think the the part that would really frustrate me too, like you're saying, is um, just like being granted that position and that right to make these decisions to come in with the company and do that, and then people like second guessing you, where they're like, well. Hmm. absolutely I'm gonna check above you and you're like excuse me there is no above whereas (laughs) you know if a a male were to be hired as a supervisor and were to walk in it would be like oh hey cool yeah you're you're the boss now and and fortunately allyship as a minority individual anywhere is is key and I had like the, the individual on the team who was the most senior technician who most people would gravitate towards first before they would realize I was in charge. He was really great about when people would do that. He would be like, actually, you're going to have to ask my boss. And yeah. so that rerouting, it, it would be very easy for him to accept that authority that they've given. But he believed in me. He was fully confident in my capability, had a huge respect for me. And because he would demonstrate that, then everybody else kind of picks up on it. So that, yes. that was critical, particularly in this role. Trina, Amy was telling me about as Carhartt is becoming more of like an everyday brand that people are wearing, she was saying, and I don't remember the brand, but she was saying that like not a lot of um, like trades work have clothes for women. So yes. where, where, what was the brand that you were buying or like where, where do you buy your clothes? So, so yeah, because I, I... smell sponsorship. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Interesting because well... you don't think about that. Yes. Because um, yeah, I have to wear fire resistant attire. And when I first started, it was brutal because I had to wear men's clothes and their hips fit differently. And, you know, in the chest, it got super awkward. Like, it was just always having to wear super huge clothes. So um, Ariat is actually the brand that I've gravitated towards because they were the first ones who made women's FR jeans. They have long length, which I also need. <laughs> and uh, my entire work wardrobe is Ariat. For those of you do- who don't know, Trina is, Trina, are you, are you five foot nine? No, five, you're five, oh, five eleven. 5'11". Yeah. She's 5'11", played a beautiful middle out of uh, her <laughs> former volleyball days. And uh, yeah, so has a lot of height to her, which I, I don't know, maybe maybe that helped. Uh, maybe 
you it's, know, going on site? I don't know. Uh, well, and that's one of those things where it's great because it gets the attention, but at the same time with that attention comes a lot more scrutiny. And, you know, if there are any missteps or mistakes, uh, they're much more scrutinized uh, and they probably will follow me a little bit longer than they would potentially a male counterpart. That's a generalization, mm-hmm. but that's something that, that I have mm-hmm. experienced as well. How is um, the like locker room talk or like the lunchroom talk? Because I like, I have a lot of family in the oil field and I know that the locker room is, can be a little vulgar at times. Is that something <laughs> that you're around a lot or not so much? When I first started my career, I was uh, a field engineer. So, you know, front lines working with essentially like the crews, like the the roughest and most coarse individuals you can encounter. And there I did experience a bit of that. I don't know if I would call it so much locker room talk, but, you know, I always would get into arguments with welders and it would turn very disrespectful very quickly. And now where I'm at, it's the culture that I've allowed, at least with my work group, they, mm-hmm. they know that I have no tolerance for that. I've kicked, I have run off um, contractors who have come in. They could be extremely competent, but if they're being bullies, uh, if they're being inappropriate, I, I don't allow that. But definitely earlier on in my career, particularly when I was in a position of less authority, um, you, do, you do experience that a lot more. The what, what would you want to be your like, legacy you leave behind? My hope is that we can normalize being female and being emotional and soft and squishy components of working with people. Uh, there is kind of this misperception that you have to, you have to bring a perfect self to work, uh, it to be okay to walk in and ask people to talk about their feelings and, you know, build those personal connections and able to bring your entire whole self and not feel like you can't talk about your personal passions because nobody else has anything in common, uh, which you learn to speak about things that other people who are around you know. And so in this position, I've learned a lot about hunting and fishing and, Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things that I wouldn't normally, but you do it to survive and to build connections and would just really like to be at a point where you really can bring your authentic self and reminds me out of yoga class too. our yoga instructor always says, you know, there's masculine energy and there's feminine energy among us all. And so I think when we stop looking at gender as differentiation between us as a human being, then we can really, like you said, Trina, you said it really nicely, like the authenticity of each individual and what they bring really just mm-hmm. pulls forward. Because there probably are some men at your work that, you know, they've been wanting that for years, but they just feel be- mm-hmm. maybe that the they space can't. isn't created for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there is that double standard for them as well. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, by being authentic, uh, it's very often women will feel like they have to be harsh and assertive and, you know, bring this really almost cold persona into the workplace to be effective. Right. Um, And I, I don't want that to be the case because 
yeah, I'm a woman in a man's world, but I'm still a woman and mm -hmm. I still want to behave and have my personality. Uh, think about you too. I like, I think that's what makes you so unique. You're so knowledgeable and talented in, in the area that you're in, but yet you have a very soft, delicate side to you. You're very, <laughs> there's moments of fragility and like, you know, welcoming and warmth that shines through when you feel safe to show that. I like that you shared that, Trina, honestly, because I was actually going to ask you, is like, have you developed like a cold outer shell? <laughs> like in order to do, like, I felt like I was like, how, I, I bet you she's just like, been really like assertive and da da da. But I like that you were like, no, I still want to be me and a person. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm glad yeah. you did say that. And, and I was, I, I guess this is something that I've learned and developed because earlier on in my career, that was exactly what I thought and how I behaved and finding this new, more, you know, a hen that I am over at least the guys who work for me seems to really uh, work well. Uh, very excited when I have one of them in my office telling me all about their personal lives. If they're crying, it's even better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, having that ability for them to also feel like they can be authentic uh, that's really my hope for both both genders both sexes so mm -hmm. I was wondering as you're talking about other people's things like hunting and fishing and farmer talk like what's your what's your hunting what's your fishing that you always <laughs> want to talk about <laughs> yeah um, really enlightened a room full of my male colleagues as I explained to them how a gel manicure works. Um, <laughs> yes. They, they had, they were completely blown away. I, I was, has anyone taken you on like a hunting or fishing trip? <laughs> you should I'd... all go hunting together and then all get manicures. <laughs> I, I would absolutely love that. No, I, I have had offers. Um, I am fairly cognizant of trying to keep boundaries uh, with mm -hmm. my, my reports. Although, same thing, I create a very familial, familial culture. So we all know about families. We know about the important things in each other's lives. No, my, my boyfriend slash partner, I know he's dragging me out fishing a couple of times and we went hunting. Uh, he was the one who did all the hunting. I was like, the like sharp eyed person mm -hmm. with the binoculars who scoped out <laughs> what we were going to shoot. So I, I've dabbled, but uh, I have definitely no ability to go and like grab a fishing pole by myself and go and catch something because I wouldn't even know where to start. The lake would be a good start. <laughs> yeah. The lake. <laughs> Find a body of water. Yeah, step one. No. I'm with you. I would not know what to do. I still, <laughs> even though I've been taught multiple times, I still cannot line my own hook. Well, and I'm always like, show me. And everything, every time I'm like, you know what? Don't. Just do it, please. Well, and even like, <laughs> oh, look for like the crevasse where the water is slow like that's where the fish like to hang out and I'm like I don't know that I'm not inside of their head well I think this is wrapping us up I think you left off Trina already at such a beautiful message I think so too bringing your authentic self thanks for coming on Trina it was so nice to get to know you and hear from you today thank you thank you for having me I I really enjoy talking about this I know we like put you in a vulnerable situation too. And I feel like oftentimes I have this conversation with you because I'm so curious, right? To understand your world. 
and the things that you do and how you operate and handle situations. And to me as an educator, I'm like, you know, you, as Alex mentioned, you're trailblazing, you're really setting a forward outlook for a lot of young females who want to do things, but maybe are timid or afraid because they have to be the trailblazer. And so, you know, your message is really important to say, go for it and, you know, bring yourself, right? And let's mm-hmm. normalize yourself at work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. Well, thanks again, Trina. Thank you. Tea, baby. It's, it's time for Jar of Questions. What is the best and worst thing that you have purchased in 2021? Okay. I got a new phone and that's not the that's not the purchase part <laughs> though that was purchased. The case has been honestly just oh. really been a rough time because I really wanted to get a Harry Styles case but I've already lived through the Harry Styles phone case era. So then I got a whole bunch of friends to vote on the phone case. And I ordered it in and it's terrible. I hate how it feels. The buttons on it are like so um, sensitive that my volume goes up and down constantly. Um, It doesn't even look pretty. So that is my worst purchase because I've now had to purchase another one because I hate this one. And and I really find phone cases, they, they define an era. And so my era feels very undefined right now. Sounds like you're gonna make a new purchase here in the coming future. Yes, it's actually, uh, I've checked my package. It's in Chicago, Illinois right now. Oh, I can't wait to see. It's going to be good. I'm Um, also kind of slightly disappointed because I definitely voted for the artwork that I thought would suit your phone. And it also was not what we expected. So No, it wasn't. I feel like my vote was a little bit lost in the shipment. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was. It steered me (laughs) the wrong direction, all this, when I should have been going one direction and Harry's direction no (laughs) and then my best purchase I feel like this I didn't purchase it but I was gifted it can I say that okay a Dyson hairdryer oh and honestly given what I know now I would fully purchase this and not have this as a gift even though it is expensive like I would I would buy this a hundred times over I wash and blow dry my hair every day and it has saved so much time in my life like, oh. like, like cutting my blow drying time in half. It's incredible. Buy a Dyson hairdryer. It is worth it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little stressed out about this question because I'm like trying to like think about all, all my purchases. All I think about is when you purchase that dress in Fernie. I actually wore that a lot in Abu Dhabi. Someone's probably wearing it right now as I speak <laughs> because my closet got left and that dress was lost in that as well. I love that dress. I think my best purchase, I'm going to have to say, even though it was a real struggle deciding and end up buying like two laptops and then returning one, is my Apple Air rose gold laptop. I really love it. Rose gold. Very important. Very important. They were both rose gold. I just want to verify, but love that. I've been really happy with the purchase since. I hate that I can never leave the Apple cults because once you're in it, it's really hard to get out and you Mm -hmm. just... It's just consumes you and it's your life now. Your family will kick you off the group chat because you won't be in the iMessages anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I'm in it, but I'm just saying. I know. If you leave it, if you leave it, no more group chats. Yeah, that is a struggle. Or at least like the colors off and I don't want to look at a green screen, you know, like the green bubble. Nobody wants that. No. 
there's just a lot of great features now that all my products are together. But anyways, that would be a great purchase that I had this year. And then I guess my like only disappointing one that I can think about is like, I'm going to say it. Do not buy bras online. I have not had the success at all online. Everyone raved about what's that brand? I can't even remember the brand now. Is it, it NYX? Like, yes. People were like, we love NYX. I try NYX. They were so good. They even did an online consultation. I'm just saying this like bras are like jeans for me. It's a risk if you're buying mm-hmm. online. It's a complete risk. I don't know how it's going to feel on my body. I'm no longer buying bras online. I have had success with jeans. I've had no success bra. with jeans too, but only if I have jeans from them already. Yeah. It's a straight gamble if you're doing online jean shopping. It's like Yeah, I'm just returning a pair tomorrow, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's our best and our worst of online shopping. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be great. I want to hear what everyone else has to say. I bet you there's gonna be some good ones. I also bet you there's gonna be some bad ones. <laughs> <laughs>